Hey, welcome, welcome in, first-time listeners, first-time viewers, uh, repeat listeners and viewers. For those of you who've been watching my guy, Kerry Stevenson, put in work on the fantasy side with all of his fantasy shows, the tier shows, uh, DCP fantasy shows that he'd been doing over the last couple of weeks. I certainly watched them and used them, took a bunch of notes. <laughs> uh, I'm in a league with these guys, and, and I think it helped me in my draft. I mean, we only won one game into the season. Yeah, I won that game. I could go one and 16 from this point on, but it wouldn't be Kerry's fault. <laughs> it would be pure roster <laughs> mismanagement by me uh, if that were to happen, but I don't think that's going to happen. But anyway, yeah, uh, I'm burying the lead. Deep cover fantasy, something that we've been wanting to do for a while. I think we always kind of had uh, a fantasy element to our shows, but, you know, it needed its own platform. It needed to kind of stand separate and apart from, you know, the regular deep cover where we're kind of focusing on the Ravens and games and players and stuff like that, because it's packed with so much good information. We want it to kind of have its own stage and and not get, you know, kind of buried in an in a hour and a half podcast uh, at the end, <laughs> uh, because that that's an injustice, in my opinion. It's wrong. Uh, and so we're going to write that wrong from here on out. So as always, Joined by Chris Aguilera, Kerry Stevenson, it's me, Mike Crawford. I'm going to be now handing the keys to the car over to Kerry because Lord knows you do not want to take any fantasy advice from me <laughs> on any level, season long, DFS, <laughs> you name it. You do not want to take it from me. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to take my take my spot in the back seat and leave it to Chris and Kerry uh, to drive this thing. So Kerry, it's all yours, man. See, Mike is so humble and gracious, and and he's also playing possum because you know he won, he won our our, our uh, you know DFS uh, little lead that we do on DraftKings. He won this week, and you know he had yeah, a great lineup, <laughs> cash him things out. But you know he's gonna stay on the humble side, man. So you know we we gonna let him rock, but we're not gonna let him rock too too much, you know, because you know I gotta I gotta redeem myself you know, this coming week. No yeah, doubt. I'm, no. I'm, I'm jumping on this one this week. I missed last week's. I was a little, little negligent, but uh, this week I'm, I already got my lineup in there. I'm feeling confident about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling confident. I felt good <laughs> in week one. I felt like I had a pretty good lineup going into week one. I, I don't feel as confident this week because uh, you know I, for me i think we want almost like the nfl season right where teams kind of you kind of have that extra time to prepare for that first week opponent i feel like you kind of have that extra time to prepare for week one of fantasy especially dfs because the salaries are out for a while and people are like chop, chopping up and dicing those things up any way you can think of and you know as the season goes on in dfs the pricing becomes more aggressive Right. Sometimes it's 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 kind of it's kind of inefficient early on in the season. And if you uh, can take advantage of some of that, you know, you can you can get some early wins, but it doesn't last long. And they start to they start to adjust that pricing relatively quickly. And that's when the sharps like you guys take over and 
um, the broken clocks like me <laughs> once twice a day you know, we're right we're right uh twice a day we we kind of we lose our shine as the season goes on but i'm 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 going to i'm going to enjoy that week one win cuz no guarantee i'm going to get any more so i'm going <laughs> to enjoy that one but um i'll i'll before i push it back to you Carrie, i, I do want to throw this in just so we we don't i don't forget to say it later um there's a sponsor, y'all. Maybe you didn't know that. I hey, new things happening all the time around here. <laughs> so, uh, flavorcupcakery.com. That's right, flavorcupcakery.com. It's spelled exactly how you hear it, and as the name implies, they do cupcakes. But they do more than cupcakes, man. I was just looking at their website the other day. They got all kind of desserts, right? Um, obviously, they're cupcakes have to be good because they were the winners of season four of cupcake wars on the food network so you got to be legit if you're winning that show but man they've got cookies they've got pies they've got brownies they've got parfaits french macaroons if you fancy um all of that stuff cupcakes for the doggies cupcakes for your dogs man if you into that thing get your dog a, a pup cake man make your dog happy um they're located in Maryland, but for those of you listening who aren't in Maryland, it looks like they can do, um, you can order online and they, yeah, hey, go, you know what, go to the website. Don't quote me on this, that you that they ship out of state, but go to the website. But I know for those of us here in Maryland, um, you can even get delivery, man, through DoorDash, Uber Eats. You're in the delivery area. You can get them cupcakes right to your door, man. You ain't got to leave your house. So flavorcupcakery.com. Check them out. We appreciate them uh, sponsoring, you know, sort of our our network, right? Two guys watching football, Cole Jackson, O-line, film breakdowns, um, the post-game show that, you know, he does with with Adam B. And, uh, you know, me and Denard doing the Fire Zone show. And, of course, my brothers, Kerry and Chris doing Deep Cover and now Deep Cover Fantasy, man. There's a flagship going on out here. We appreciate her Cupcakery for partnering with us and, uh, and providing that sponsorship. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, yes. Kerry, I'll start with you. Not just start with you. I'm see. I'm so used to trying to drive. I need. I'm not <laughs> giving you the keys, and then I'm getting out the way. Uh, where do you want to start this 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 week, man? With with uh, with fantasy. Where where do you want to go? Where are you taking this? Yeah. So the first thing I want to do is kind of go over maybe some week one kind of takeaways. Um, you know, like like I said, doing the tiers and all the different things I did. A lot of prep and a lot of time put into it. So, you know, it was nice to kind of uh, actually have some games to look at and, and kind of be able to assess some things. And, you know, a couple things looking at week one, man, Kyler Murray, man, it, it could be special, man. This could be a historic season for him. And I got him a lot in best ball. Um, got him a couple times in um, redraft, not as much as I wanted to get him. Um, and just looking at that that first performance, man, it, I, I wish I could have got him more than I did. And I and he was somebody I prioritized. But you know, you look at the 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 pace at which they play. They play so fast. They finally have the receivers to to you know really go with that spread. You know, he's a guy that can extend plays. You know, obviously he gives you that rushing production, but you know he's just so creative out there on the field. I mean, it, it, it really looks like he's like a point guard out there just kind of distributing um, 
So, you know, from every aspect of it, man, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's looking like he's going to put together, you know, a season for the books. He was pretty much well on his way to doing that last year before he got hurt. And they kind of had to rein some things back as far as him rushing and that, that kind of, you know, threw them for a loop. But now, you know, with the weapons he has at his disposal now, it's, um, it, it's looking it's looking scary out there, man, for him. So uh, nice to kind of see that kind of, um, you know, develop. A couple other things. Um, Damian Harris looked really good, um, you know, for the Patriots, ran hard. Uh, got three targets uh, looking at that Patriots game. Um, it's very clear, like, Mac Jones is not going to be able to move out of the way at all. Like, if you get pressure in his face, that ball is coming out. I don't care if James, if it's James White. I don't care if it's Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> you get pressure in his face, that ball is coming out and it's going to the back. So, you know, there's some added little element of upside there with Damian Harris because, you know, he's a guy that can – uh, you know he was going to give you 18 carries a game, you know, threat for that 100 yards. But, you know, he's a guy that could get you two, three catches a game, you know, if, if things break right. So uh, one thing I'm looking at, um, another thing as far as week one takeaways, Jacksonville, man, they might be very, very bad, and we might see a lot of drop backs for <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, keep that on um, your back burner if you know if there is uh, you know deep in your um, rosters if you can pick up a Marvin Jones if he didn't get drafted or if you can you know maybe Ballo trade or something like that him DJ Chark uh, LaVisca Chenault you know these guys might return value just off of volume because you know like I said you know it could be 40 plus attempts you know, a week with these guys, the way they got smoked, um, you know, with Houston. So, you know, it may not be, you know, these big games, a lot of touchdowns, but definitely could be some volume there to kind of cash in on. Um, another one of the big, huge fantasy questions going into this thing was, was Eckler going to get, um, you know, the goal line work? Because, um, you know, he had him previously. But, he, he, you know, he punched one in from three yards out. So that's a huge sign. Uh, it was kind of weird that he didn't get a target in that game. Um, but, you know, we know we, we don't have to worry about that. You know he's going to get targeted in the passing game. That's kind of the staple of him. But for him to get that goal line work kind of takes his upside to a different level. So, you know, if you draft the Eckler, that's something to feel really good about. Um, also on the same team, Mike Williams getting those 12 targets. And kind of getting a more diversified um, portfolio as far as the way they targeted him, you know, using him in the X, you know, position and, and, you know, going to him, you know, across the middle of the field and not just deep down the field. Um, so seems like a guy that's going to be featured. So, you know, he's a guy that might return some value from you uh, for you based on where you drafted him at. Um, Antonio Gibson, you know, we was hoping he was going to get freed and he definitely got freed. I mean, 25 of the 27, um, RB touch opportunities for Washington. Um, you know, McKissick is still going to play on third down. It's still going to be that guy that's gonna, they, you know, they trust in pass protection, but you know, Gibson is going to get his fair share of opportunities to, to run the ball and he's going to get, you know, targeted out of the backfield. Um, and then my last one, as far as takeaways, 
um, with the Bengals, Joe Mixon, strong start for him. That Minnesota defensive front, specifically the tackles with, you know, our guy Michael Pierce there, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, um, and, uh, you know, getting Sheldon Richardson back, you know, with Tomlinson and Pierce specifically, running up the middle, man, is no, it, you know, that's that's tough, you know, with those two guys. And, you know, this is a uh, offensive line has been much maligned, but, you know, the way they were able to, um, you know, control it and, and for him to be able to run as effectively and as many times as he did um, looks good for the rest of the season for them. You know, if they can um, if they can do that against that that front, uh, you know, that I, I think that spells some success going forward uh, with that group. So, you know, definitely if you draft a mix and you feel you feel good, really good week one. Um, so. Uh, I'll throw it to you guys to see if there is anything that you notice from week one, anybody that you drafted that you, that you feel better about, worse about, you know, ha, you know, however, you know, just take it wherever you want to take it. Hey, Chris, I'll, I'll, de- I'll defer to you, man. You, you, uh, <laughs> you're going to be better qualified than me. Well, someone I, I don't, I don't have, I didn't draft this guy anywhere, but someone I was really, really impressed by was Jalen Hurts. Uh, just, the way he had command of that offense and some of the throws he was making, he was making were just ridiculous. And, you know, I, even outside of the throws, uh, just more nuanced things and just his movement within the pocket and, and feeling it and just being able to, to, to get out of the way of, of some pass rushes. I granted it was against the Falcons, but they were on the road and uh, that that's never an easy place to, you know, start off the season as far as inside a dome playing at their place and you have a really young offense, but uh, he, he really impressed me with his play uh, a ton. And then another quarterback that impressed me was Matt Stafford. Now he was someone who I was, I was really excited to see him in this offense because uh, we've seen him run by Jared Goff and, and he's had some fantasy success in the past, but Jared Goff, he isn't Matthew Stafford and Matthew Stafford. You saw, how this offense works with a with a, a top shelf quarterback, and uh, you know I think a lot of people kind of forget how good Matthew Stafford is because of those years with the Lions, but he showed on Sunday night that you know he he's not just your run of the mill guy who can hold the fort down and and run the offense. He he can take control and he can take it to a next level. Yeah, he he you know he he kind of got some some negative uh nicknames out there it's funny though it's one I, I it always sticks in my mind stat pafford stat pafford out there <laughs> just kind of you know loading up the stat book but you know wins maybe not coming quite as frequently but uh you know now he's out there getting some of that sean mcveigh magic dust sprinkled on top of him uh and and, he, and he's got a you know really really solid group of receivers cooper cup robert woods um, Van Jefferson doing some things out there, right? So, yeah, I, I, I was excited to see Stafford in that offense too because, um, you know, I'm messing around with the Stat Pafford name, but I remember having to watch – who did we have to watch? when I, This was back when I was in the Scouting Academy. I think it was the first time I did the Scouting Academy. It was one of the Lions wide receivers. It wasn't It wasn't like uh, a name that people would probably recognize. He was he was maybe like a third, you know, like a wide receiver three. Even wide Josh receiver. Reynolds? No, no, his name is is really 
escaping me now. But we had to we had to watch him because what they would do was they would give you guys who were going into their free agency year to evaluate, right? Because Dan was sharing these reports with teams. And so, you know, obviously it's helping us because we're getting feedback from him and he's helping us learn how to write scouting reports and how to evaluate. But it's another resource for teams. I mean, look, you can say, well, hey, why why would teams, you know, turn to these, you know, randos out there writing scouting reports? <laughs> but you, it's another set of eyes. It's another perspective. And, and you know, they've got obviously crazy workloads uh, with everything that they have to do. And so, you know, hey, maybe this is another resource for them. Because he told me that. He was like – I remember reading it on the website, you know, when I first signed up and I was like, yeah, whatever, that's marketing. He was like, nah, man. He's like, I'll show you some of the emails. He said, we share this stuff with teams and they read them. Um, but I, I did all of that stalling to see if I could remember his name. Jones, TJ Jones. There we go. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> I think it, it was TJ something. I don't know if Jones was the last name, but I think, I think that's who it was. But I remember having to watch him. And obviously, if you're watching him, you're you're watching Matt Stafford. And I've seen Stafford play before. I mean, this was, yep, T.J. Jones, that's him. Um, he'd been in the league, obviously, for a number of years at that point in time. I think I was watching him 2017, 2018, something like that. And I'm like, man, this dude can make all throws, like literally all the throws. And some of the throws that he made were like, you know how people like, go crazy over like the Pat Mahomes, like Pat Mahomes stuff. Stafford was doing all of that stuff. Like he, he was no looking. He was throwing from, you know, like the opposite hash, you know, from one hash to the opposite numbers, just darts all over the place, you know, off balance, off platform, dude all in his face. So I really was excited. This is a very long winded way of me saying, I was really excited to see him get uh, in an offense, um, you know, with, with a mind like Sean McVay. So I, and it looked good, you know. I think for those of us who watched the game, and it looked good. Just in terms of a player for me, this is you know not any not breaking any news here. Obviously, everybody knows this guy, but Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was, and I'm not just saying it because I drafted him, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was interested to see what Antonio Brown um, we would get. Right, I think you saw him start to contribute more in that offense in the second half of the season. They started throwing the ball more in the second half of the season over what they did in the first half of the season. And he started to contribute a little bit more. And then I was like, okay, you think back to the beginning of last season for Tampa Bay and they had injuries, you know, Godwin wasn't around. I think Mike Evans uh, came in to the season kind of nursing some, some off season injuries um, obviously, Tom Brady bringing, you know, being new in the offense, you know, a number of different things going on. And then I said, okay, now this year they're coming in with none of that, right? None of that. Guys not coming in, nursing, you know, different guys with different injuries, but not those core guys. Antonio Brown having that full offseason um, with Brady. And I was like, you know, this, this could be something, um, you know, having that kind of full opportunity to work and, and, fully, fully comfortable with the offense. And it sure looked good in that first game uh, against the Cowboys. Now it's the Cowboys. You know, people will say their secondary is is probably going to make a lot of people look good. But we'll see how that goes. But he was a guy who I just was excited to see, you know, which version of him we were going to get. Because I think we all know what he's been 
in the past. And I'm not saying that he gets back to that. I don't know that he, he gets back to that because he was the guy in the league for a couple of years there at wide receiver. So I'm not saying he gets back to that, but uh, he could be a really nice option. I, I guess he's a third option on that team. <laughs> yeah, but I, he he's looking like Brady's favorite. And, yeah. you know, that's a guy that Brady wanted there. That's a guy that Brady housed, you know, last year. So, you, you know, and and even going back to New England, Brady wanted him in New England. And Brady, the one game that they played in, I think it was against the Dolphins, Brady made sure that, you know, he gave him plenty of targets in yeah. there. And, and you know, and they say that uh, he, uh, Antonio Brown, needed uh, knee surgery for the past three years. And he finally got yeah. it this offseason. So now he's, you know, feeling well, feeling like he's 100%. All the training camp, that's all people were saying is how good he looked. And week one, he did not disappoint. He looked like the Pittsburgh Antonio Brown. So, yeah, he, he's, he's definitely one of those guys that I feel like he can, he can be someone who surprises because he had – his ADP was way later than Evans and Godwin. And he might be the number one option when, we, when it's all said and done. I hope he is selfish. <laughs> but uh, here, I'll throw it back to you. That was that was all I had. <laughs> yep. So um, we got a new segment that you know we're working on, and and you know it's it's based off of who our crush is. You know, we take you take you back, take you back to your school days. You know who 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 you crushing on so we're going to do that in you know in the fantasy world you know what guys are we crushing on you know i'm i'm probably going to slant this more to a a, a dfs kind of space this week um just cuz it's, it's so new and you know there's so much going on like it, it's it's you know you like that kid in the candy store you can't like focus on just one thing so you know this week I'm gonna um, drop a crush on you guys, and, and and you let me know what you think from uh, you know DFS perspective. And a Zeke Elliott, you know Zeke Elliott got crushed a lot by people um, with the whole Tampa Bay situation with the you know with the usage there. Um, but I, I always kind of go back when I see these situations, and I think about. Um, I forget which year it was, but the uh, the Patriots have been running the ball well all season. And they go to Minnesota to play the Vikings. And this was when the Vikings had that Williams wall uh, at defensive tackle Kevin Williams. And um, I forgot the other, other guy's first name. But, you know, these two big guys, they were, you know, locking up that interior. And – in true Belichick fashion, you know, he didn't try to put strength on strength. He attacked the weakness. So he, he they threw it like 50-something times in that game, I believe. They didn't bother to try to even challenge that wall. And so, you know, I, I think Dallas took a page out of that book and, you know, just decided, hey, this, this front is monstrous. We're not going to try to – you know, just keep banging our heads uh, up against a wall. Um, you know, we're going to throw the ball, especially when you have Dak and the weapons that they have. Um, and then, you know, with Zach Martin being um, out for that game, you know, it just didn't it didn't make a lot of sense. But you saw a lot of people saying, you know, 
why did they throw the ball so much or should have run the ball more? But I mean, you know, they gave themselves the best chance to to win by, you know, staying away from that Tampa Bay stream. Um, but now, you know, when you look at it, you fast forward to this week, they're playing the Chargers, who are coached by um, um, Brad Staley. I'm sorry, Brandon Staley. Um, you know, he was the coordinator with the Rams last year. And he was another one of those coordinators that, hey, they're going to play the run on the way to the quarterback. They, you know, they're, they're focusing on stopping the pass. They're going to play a lot of sub package. Um, you know, that's their focus. So, you know, a game that's over 50 point total um, and clearly playing against a defense that's going to be more inclined to try to stop the pass and stop the run. Um, you know, Zeke was still in on 80 something percent of the, the snaps. Uh, I think he ran a route on maybe, want to say, seventy percent, something like that. He he ran quite a bit of routes, so you know he was out there on passing downs, and so now you got this, you know, potential shootout with this defense that that is not going to be as focused on stopping him as they will be on stopping Dak and that passing offense, and I think this is a perfect opportunity. Uh, 6,200 on DraftKings for Zeke Elliott. Um, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to fire him up and, you know, try to cash in on the people that might be scared to play him based off of, uh, you know, last week's performance. So um, I'll let you guys go and, you know, let me know who your crushes is. It doesn't have to be DFS. It could be, you know, redraft or any kind of way you want to go about it. But, you know, you know, like I said, you can go anywhere you want to go with it. Yeah, I, I'm. It's it's interesting that you said you said uh, Dallas. You brought up Zeke because I have a little stack in DFS. Just a little peek behind the curtain for you guys. Uh, I actually have Dak, Zeke, and CD in my lineup this week because I, I like you said yeah. that that point total is going to be insane against Justin Herbert, who we just saw throw for a gang of yards. So I feel like. You know, with Zeke and, and Dak and CD, even Amari Cooper, he seems like a good play. And I think sneaky good play might be one of their one of their tight ends, too, because yeah. Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup down, you can get one of those two tight ends and, you know, get them for cheap because everybody's sleeping on it. Everybody's looking at uh, Cedric Wilson. But I, I think the sneaky play might be the, one of the tight ends. And, you know, for me, I'll keep it. I keep it on the DFS side. Uh, and again, not because I have this guy on my team in the Yahoo Fantasy League. But <laughs> <laughs> I do. People go say, look, there's a pattern going on here with this guy. Whenever he talks, he's talking about guys that are on his team. It's just, it's just working out that way this week. Uh, Chris Carson. Chris Carson is a guy I like this week. Uh, the Titans run defense, no bueno. Uh, no bueno. And uh, – you can even look back to the Cardinals game, and I don't, you know, the Cardinals not known being a big rushing team. I think they kind of split carries between uh, Chase Edmonds and I don't know who they're running. I forget who they're running. James Conner. There you go, James Conner. Yeah, but I think both of them had over fifty yards, so they went for like a buck thirty-six total. Just with you know, just like I said, they're not a huge uh, you know rushing team in terms of running back. But Chris Carson is going to get carries. We know that. Uh, I think he went 16 for 91 against the Colts. He even got like three, three catch, well, three targets. I don't know if, three, I don't know if he caught all three of them or not. But um, so just I like the matchup. 
I like his opportunity. And I think I saw a story that Rashad Penny's going to be out for like two weeks now. Yeah. Uh, something like that. And so, you know, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot else there to kind of, you know, siphon touches away from Chris Carson. I guess there's DJ Dallas. Oh, they have uh, um Alex Collins too. Oh, the, the, the Irish dancer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish dancer. I like I, I remember I was I was all in, man, on Alex Collins when he had uh that one season with the Ravens. Uh, I I was all in. Turned out to be fool's gold for me, but uh, he was pushing. He was pushing piles and pushing weight. Little did we know. Little <laughs> did we know. <laughs> but you wrap your car around a tree, and uh, you know a lot of things can come to light. You know, yep. So, uh, but yeah, I like Chris Carson this week, um, and so that that that'd be my crush. Nice. So um, where I want to take it now is is. Who's your contrarian? And this is going to be DFS. Who's your uh, kind of contrarian play this week? Um, I'll start uh, for me personally. Um, I'm looking at uh, Tua um, in that game with uh, Buffalo. It's like a 47 point uh, total, but I think it probably should be higher. Uh, I think it's one of those situations where the Bills kind of had a down week, and you know people may uh, you know try to lowball them a bit. Um, but, you know, I'm going to try to be aggressive with these situations where these teams start off uh, slow. You know, I still think Buffalo is going to be a team that's going to throw it a lot, put up a lot of points. But uh, what I like about Tua is with the uh, Dolphins kind of RB situation, they're kind of cycling in three guys. The offensive line isn't really um, – jailed or or have the talent to kind of impose themselves in the running game so i think a lot is kind of going to fall on tua um i think he he had like four rushing attempts last week i think you will start to see that kind of creep up and then they're getting will fuller um back in the mix this week after that one game suspension um jalen waddle i don't know if you guys watched he looked excellent in that game man so you know juice yes Serious juice, yeah. I mean, he he looks legitimate. So, you got him. You stick um, Will Fuller out there. They still got uh, Devontae Parker. Um, you know, it, it it could be some 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 fireworks in that game, man. So, um, you know, obviously Josh Allen would be the the more popular uh, guy as far as quarterbacks in that game. Um, but I, I think you can do some interesting things. Um, around that game, you know, if you can, you can full on game stat that you can go, you know, maybe Tua, Waddle, and you know, maybe Fuller or something like that, and then come back on on the Buffalo side and get, um, you know, Stefan Diggs, and you know, their secondary receivers are are pretty cheap on DraftKings this week. I think Emmanuel Sanders is like four four thousand. Um, Beasley is always, you know, pretty cheap, and he's a guy that's going to get a ton of targets. So, you know, that would be my contrarian. Well, one of my contrarian picks would be um, uh, Tua, and you can you can stack them up pretty cheap, and then you know do some aggressive things uh, around that. So I, I'll kick it over to you first, Mike. Uh, you know, let let me let the people know who they can who they can throw out there as a contrarian piece to their their lineups this week. Okay, this might not be that contrarian, but uh, I'm going to the tight end position, and so he's not 
one of those household names that you think of necessarily at the tight end position. But I'm going with Noah Fant. I like Noah Fant this week. Uh, you talked about Jacksonville um, a little bit earlier and, and you know, just how bad they could possibly be, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, how they could, they, could, uh, they could be having to drop Trevor Lawrence back a bunch. Um, you know, I, I don't know if this game shoots out or anything like that, but I think that um, you look at what Houston was able to do against Jacksonville in that first game, and, you know, uh, obviously Brandon Cooks had a big game. I don't think their tight end, Jordan Akins, I don't think he did a ton of work, but they had other guys, kind of inside guys, who were finding a lot of space in the middle of the field. Dan, Danny Amendola, I think, you know, had four or five catches. He might have got a touchdown. So uh, I think there's there's some, some opportunity there in kind of that soft underbelly uh, in the Jacksonville coverage. And I want to say Noah Fan. I'd have to look it up. Don't don't quote me on this because I don't have the stuff off the top of my head. I'm, as you can see, I'm not as prepared as uh, Chris and Kerry with notes or anything. But I th- it looked what he had eight targets. Yeah, he had eight targets uh, against the Giants. And I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what you guys think about this with Jerry Judy getting hurt and being out. Obviously, they still got KJ Hamler's there. Cortland Sutton, you know, you guys talked about him earlier. Uh, Tim Patrick is there. So they got other guys. Who could maybe you know sort of divide up Judy's targets? But do you think maybe there's a little bit of a bump for Noah Fant? But I don't know. But uh, I, I do like him this week against the Jags. Forty-two yeah, hundred. I, I definitely think you could see a bump for uh, Fant, um, and specifically because of how they use him. Um, you know, they were using him strictly in line a lot. Um, last year but now they've they've done a little bit more to split him out to get him um you know in, in different kind of matchups and you know he operates in that part of the field that we know teddy you know likes to uh operate in you know that that short the intermediate area so you know he's uh definitely a, um and you know that's a, a stack i like to um to put together you know it may make an appearance uh you know in in the certain mm-hmm. league um you know this week you know I, I i like the idea of a teddy uh noah fan uh tim patrick or or kj hamler kind of stack um you know with a run back of maybe one of those jacksonville uh, receivers um so yeah fan is definitely a guy i, I feel like could absorb some of that uh um, jerry judy um role Ever since Chris mentioned landmines, now I'm thinking every time you guys mention <laughs> set up, these are not real plays. It's on my mind. He planted the seed in, uh, like Inception in my head. Now I, I can't get out. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. My bad. Oh uh, no, it's it's funny that you say that because that you went with no offense because I'm going with Tim Patrick because he's a guy that you could get that's you know, really cheap. Uh, right now he's at 4,600 and that's, you know, that's bargain shopping right there. Mm-hmm. So, um, and he's a guy that we've seen do it before. Uh, we saw him do it last year when, when something went down, uh, he was able to have some fantasy value and, uh, he's going to slide right into that role and he's probably going to be the number, number two option. And, you know, the way we saw Teddy slinging the ball the other night, he's, uh, you know, we could definitely see some some big stuff from from Tim Patrick going forward until 
Jerry Judy comes back. Yeah, definitely. Especially, you know, um, I forgot who had the stat, um, but I think Jacksonville has gone like 15 or 16 straight games, giving up 24, at least 24 points. Now, that's just insane. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the other day, um, after uh, Jerry Judy got hurt, uh, Patrick had four targets and four catches. So yeah. that, that's, you know, we know Teddy likes efficiency. So Teddy will keep peppering you if, if you can definitely come down with that ball. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but then also, you know, what I wanted to hit you guys on is just from a um, – uh, just kind of do a temperature check as far as your redraft teams. Uh, you know, I'm in – well, between, between redraft and dynasty, I'm in eight leagues. Hmm. Uh, you know, went six and two. Feel pretty good about a lot of my teams. I think one team, the one team that I don't feel as great about is is more or less because I don't know where to kind of take this team. I'm kind of in the middle of, um, like, it's a good team. It's a playoff team, but it's like, it's not a front-running team, and it's not really a bad team either. So it's kind of like just trying to navigate through that. I'm somebody that just likes to have a clear – um path as far as what i'm doing in 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 every league i'm in so um just overall thoughts on you know some of your teams and you know maybe some players that kind of um will kind of make or break your teams you feel like uh i'll start because i can be quick because i've only got one team <laughs> i'm in one redraft league i got one team uh, and it's it's with you guys. It's the same league. I got absolutely curb stomped in uh, last week. Um, was able to uh, able to, to to win in week one, so I felt pretty good about that. Um, week two, um, not off to as good of a start. I, I just looked. I actually haven't been paying attention. Uh, running up against somebody that has Sterling Shepard, so they already got a nice little seventeen points up there on the board uh, with the game. I think he's got nine catches for ninety four yards. Um, so he's off to, you know, a good little start there. And uh, I probably should have been paying more attention to my lineup because I had J.D. McKissick on my bench. He's got a nice little 17-point night going on so far. Uh, so that was bad. Uh, <laughs> but we still got, uh, you know, all of the, the Sunday games and the Monday night football game to come. But uh, it looks like a pretty even matchup. Um this week with who I'm facing off with, at least, you know, in terms of projected and stuff like that. So we'll see how it goes. Um, man, this is a tough one for me too, because Lamar Jackson is their quarterback. I don't want to root against Lamar. I just want to do that. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got, Chris. Uh, as far as my teams, um, I'm in four leagues. I can't, I can't do eight. If I did eight, oh my goodness, I, I pulled my hair out. So props to you, Kerry. I can't do that. Um, but uh, I'm in four leagues, and I went three and one this week. Uh, I'm feeling confident in my teams. Um, two of those have Dak as the quarterback. So uh, where Dak goes, I go pretty much. <laughs> I got a lot of money riding on Dak, so uh, I'm, I'm confident in him and. Uh, one of the uh, the late round, late round picks that I I liked, and uh, I didn't think I was going to like it as much, but as for, after week one, I'm 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 really feeling it was uh, Jamal Williams. 
he was a guy who was able to get really, really late in drafts. And as far as, you know, the reports that you, that you read throughout training camp, you can just tell this coaching staff they love him. They love his personality. They love what he could bring. And that that's what we saw in, in Green Bay. You know, in Green Bay, he was a guy where people would get upset because it's like, no, we want Aaron Jones to get all the touches, not Jamal Williams. But you know, he was talented enough to go in there and, and – you know, maximize his touches. And we saw that happen the other the other day where, you know, he, he was able to carve out a nice role between he and, and DeAndre Swift. And I think that's a guy who we could look back on when the season's finished. And, you know, DeAndre Swift, he's never been a guy who could stay healthy going back to Georgia. And he came into this year with some health concerns too. So he's a guy we could look back and we could say, oh, wow, you know, he's, he's in a crappy offense, but – He's one of those guys, kind of like James Robinson last year, who who could really elevate teams to a next level, especially with a DeAndre Swift injury. Yeah, definitely. And and what I like the most about him, um, you know, looking at this past week, he got a lot of touches and um, you know a, a lot less snaps than what DeAndre Swift played. So you know. Like you said, the coaches love him, and that's clear because when he's in there, they're getting him the ball, um, you know, and and he got it as far as carries, and he got plenty of targets too. You know, that's a, a offense that, that doesn't really have a lot of receiver right now. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of targets to the RB, targets to the tight end because they just don't have <laughs> Yeah. So they just don't have anybody they can count on their receiver. So, you know, it, he's a guy yeah. that you can that you can Ty- really count Tyrell on. Williams. Tyrell Williams. He's yeah. in he's on the concussion, concussion protocol. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, that's a guy that, you know, you, you were able to take late. And especially if you were in a situation where you went zero RB or you went anchor RB and and you needed to kind of piece together that RB two, well, hell, you I mean you got your RB two right out the gate. Um, so, and like you said, especially if something happens with Swift, you know, that, that, that shoot, that vaults him way up. So yeah, yeah definitely an interesting guy. I mean, that's really, you know, what you're shooting for. If you have the kind of approach that I had going into a lot of these drafts is to try to hammer wide receiver, hammer wide receiver, and just hope you can hit on a guy like that. And, um, you know, for me, um, I'll I'll look at the same lead that we're that the three of us are in, and just looking at my team. And I think uh, a swing spot for me is going to be that tight end spot, man. At the tight end, that middle of tight end is just awful right now. <laughs> you know, the guys that you know you had some kind of thoughts of maybe upside for it just looks rough early on, man. Uh, Gasicki is playing with like three other tight ends. I was kind of out on Gasicki anyway, but I could understand people being in on him, um, you know, just because of that athletic profile. Like he's a guy that, um, as far as flash plays, he can get them with any of these guys, you know, the the Wallers, the Kelseys. He's that kind of athlete that he can outsplash any of those guys. But two targets in a game and they're using like three different tight ends, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a no-go. Um, uh, Anthony Ferkser with uh, the Titans, um, you know, he's not really going to play an inline role, going to be more of a, a slot guy. His role pretty much isn't going to change from last year. So 
not really a guy you can trust. So, you know, if, if you are somebody that didn't draft an elite tight end, um, unfortunately for me, I didn't in that league. Um, just just churn them out, man. Just, you know, when you see a, a target share at 20 or whatever it is, just go snap them up, man. You know, get the, um, you know, the Tyler Conklins. Um, going back to Jacksonville, James O'Shaughnessy. Like I said, they're probably going to be throwing a lot. He had like eight targets and you know he's a guy that has you know decent athletic profile you know that's another guy you need to be jumping on um keep an eye on uh troutman and uh, Jawan um johnson with the saints you know see how that whole thing shakes out um but you know other than that um you know just be willing to um be flexible and and you know come off of these guys, you know, the worst, worst mistake you can make is holding on to guys too long. Um, you know, when there's other opportunities that show themselves and that's what comes with being prepared and everything, um, you know, for, you know, what could come, I have to get both of you guys reaction on this, you know, when it broke, uh, I don't know if you guys have uh trace sermon in any of your leagues, but I mean, how surprised was it for him to be a healthy scratch after like him getting all these first team reps going into it, man? That was that was crazy. I couldn't believe it. And uh, I, there was a uh, one one team that I think had Odell and him in my starting lineup. Mm. And uh, I was out and I was like, oh, damn it. I got to switch these guys out. And, uh, you know, but, you know, I was alleviated with it. Because, I mean, you know, you're never happy when somebody gets hurt. But when you see Raheem Mostert go down, you're like, oh, damn. Yeah. I got Trey Sermon. <laughs> yeah. Nah, and and, I, and I, I think I think the Elijah Mitchell stuff, I mean, I think he'll be mixed in, too. But they took Sermon way too high for them to just be like, all right, Elijah Mitchell's our guy. So I, I think Sherman is Sermon is the, the workhorse of, of this group as, as much as a a workhorse could be in a Shanahan system because we know he never has a real true bell cow, but uh, I, I think he's going to be the lead guy out of this, this duo. Yeah. I was surprised to see him as a healthy scratch too, just because of, like you said, Carrie, what we had seen during the preseason. Um, I thought that was going to carry over. And then you see that news and you're like, what, what is going on here? <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see uh what they do because you know now Mostert's out before that Jeff Wilson was out. Um Elijah Mitchell did a little, you know, did did some things in that game. Jamichael Hasty's out there. Um I'd like to think Trace Ehrman um, you know, can can you know be cream sort of rise to the top situation um of those three guys, but um he just needs those opportunities. And, you know, before it was like, well, is he going to get them? But now he's got a clearer path to that, to those opportunities now for sure. And, you know, I think the more that they sort of use Trey Lance and those different packages, that's just going to be the tide that lifts all boats in the running game. And I'm just hoping that Sermon is on the field for some of those packages with Trey Lance because <laughs> it's just going to create opportunities, different kinds of opportunities for whoever that back is, who's in those packages. And, and if, 
you know, they they get the ball. Because uh, we've seen it here. Obviously, nobody knows better than Ravens fans the impact when you have a quarterback who is a legit run threat uh, that that can have on defenses and what it can do for running backs. Because, you know, everybody's eyes on defense goes to that quarterback run threat. And it just sort of opens these little creases and it only takes, that's all it takes, right? That's all it takes for you to have your eyes on a quarterback when you're supposed to have your eyes on your key, whatever that is, offensive lineman, tight end, if you're reading backs, your back key in, whatever that is. And now you're looking at the running back and then split second, just like that, you're getting creased and somebody's out the gate. Uh, so I, I hope that he's on the field for those kinds of packages, those kinds of opportunities, because I think you could see him rip all. I mean, even if he's not, uh, even if he's out there with Jimmy G, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously we saw what kind of runner he was in college. Um, so I think he's still going to be fine. But, man, I, I, it, it, you just get a, a different level when you've got that legit running threat at the QB out there uh, when you're on the field for some of those plays. Yeah, definitely. I tell you what the key is going to be, and this is what we're going to have to do. Might have to do some research, get a Twitter detective on it or whatever the case may be. <laughs> the game is in Philly this week. We have to find out if Orlandis Gary or Mike Anderson live anywhere near Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you never know what a Shanahan, you know, they – they, they, you know, they just changed their mind so much about backs, man. They just, you know, they make, you know, if Terrell Davis is 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 broadcasting the game or something like that, and 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 Shanahan gets a look at him and say, oh, no, this is my lead back for the day. Sorry, Elijah Mitchell, you got to sit. I'm going with TD this week. <laughs> <laughs> Did they signed like Carryon Johnson, right? Did they sign? Yeah, him? Yep, yeah, to the practice squad. Yeah, yep. you just you don't know. Like you say, yeah. he, he just wants a stable of dudes. And then, watch, well, watch the winner be Kyle Yuschek. <laughs> <laughs> we know, just you know, like like father, like son. You just said it. Uh, they they just like having that stable back there, and, and you know who that guy is going to be. You just don't know. Yeah. And it makes sense um, from a standpoint of, you know, he knows what his system is and he, you know, he knows he can churn out production, you know, in that system. Um, but then you look at, you know, having the most and then, you know, Elijah Mitchell was the one that, that got that, that first run last week to have that level of speed, you know, to have that element that, Hey, in my offensive design, if I can put a guy with four, three speed back there, there's a pretty good chance that I can we can rip off some long runs, you know, you know, with a guy that, with the speed of a Mitchell or the speed of a, a Moster. So, you know, I, I definitely get that element of it, but it was, you know, still just shocking uh, to see that change. But apparently from what I heard, they kind of blocked the beat writers and everything um, from kind of watching practice over the last week or so. Um, before the season started, um, I think I think Evan Silva had this uh, with uh, established the run, and they kind of you know they kind of blocked those guys out, so the beat writers had no clue that these shifts were being made, um, you know, with their personnel because you know um, Trent Sherfield 
played a lot at receiver over Brandon Ayuk. I guess Brandon Ayuk is still kind of getting over this injury. So they made that pretty much like this timeshare situation. And, you know, the, you know, even the, the, the beat writers covering the team were, were kind of shocked in both instances, um, you know, because they weren't privy to the last week or so of uh, a practice. I don't know that I've heard that before where they kind of freeze out the team kind of freeze right. writers and don't let them watch at least the, you know, the portion, the portion of practice that's open to the media. Um, yeah. That's, that's a little unusual, but I guess, you know, he's, he's trying to keep it close to the vest, I guess. And they're saying that the IU stuff wasn't even on about the, the injury that much. It was about him having a quote unquote be act like a pro. So wow. that that might have been some disciplinarian stuff right there. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, when we've seen that happen with another guy, Dante Pettis, where he looked like yeah. he had some promise and he got into that Shanahan doghouse. And now he's on the I think he's on the Giants now, probably yeah. like the fourth or fifth receiver. So we know that that Shanahan doghouse is, is not an easy thing to get out of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I, I think we hit pretty much everything I wanted to hit. Um, I will say, you know, we'll be, you know, doing more of these shows and, you know, having some more uh, different content. I would say a couple things. If you have any um, topics you want us to hit, any questions you might have from a fantasy standpoint, uh, you know, hit us up on Twitter. You know, you know all our ads and, you know, hit the deep cover pod um, uh, Twitter feed, you know, for any questions or anything. And also uh, definitely want to do the fix your team uh, segments uh, this year. So, you know, whatever it is, redraft, if it's dynasty, if, you know, you have a team that, you know, you're kind of struggling with trying to figure out where you want to move with the team and, you know, trying to get back on the right track, uh, send that to us, man. We'll give, uh, you know, I'll do a thorough breakdown of the team and and, kind of, you know, give you some steps to kind of, you know, fix your team. So. Um, you know, unless you guys have something else, man, I think we're we're good to to kind of uh, you know cut it here. Now, the only thing I would say is just a game update, right? We're, we're recording this Thursday night. Um, you're still up and, and and watching the game. Apparently, you got a pretty close game on your hand. 29-27, Giants up on the football team. Two minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Um, like you know, I said on on the other pod, I am just a fan of good football games, entertaining football games. So, uh, you know, there might be a little something going on here with this one in the last two minutes. Yeah, sh- shout out to everybody that has Terry McLaurin right now because he's going off today. So, uh, and good luck to everybody in their fantasy seasons too. I, I just, I like when people make money. So <laughs> good luck to everybody. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Hey, we want to see everybody win out there. Yes, sir. So that's that's going to be it. That's, you know, for the first official um, episode of the Deep Cover um, podcast, uh, Fantasy Edition. Uh, but this is the be the first of many. So, um, you know, stay tuned and we'll be back at you soon. Right, get that money. When I figured he feels the flavor I figured he buys a friendly sky So now I pick up Scott, pay the lip, pew I figured he freaks the funk up The rough 
Deathly puncher, words of arch bunker. So give me the mic and I'll make it light it up like Uncle Fester. Microphone checker, one, two, checker. Oh yes, sir. I think it is.